Brengens, we're back. We're biggity, biggity, biggity back. It's the Detroiter. I'm your host, Nick Bradley, Sports Motor City, Mitten State. How are we doing today, everybody? Hopefully, well, Red Wings win tonight. They beat Toronto on national television. That game was on ESPN. It was in Detroit. It was at LCA. They win the game 4-1. That's two straight now for the Red Wings. Robbie Fabry, he's 2-1 since joining the team. Tyler Bertuzzi back tonight. He's 1-0 since being injured the 14th time this season. Um, let's see if he can make it more than three games this time around. And the Red Wings win. That's fun, right? That's fun. I'm the king of saying winning greater than sign losing. I love saying it. I try to live my life by it. I will always believe that way, right? I cannot stand when people are like, let's rebuild again. The Pistons thing, people want to praise. I think I mentioned it a little bit on Wednesday's episode. People love talking about how great at his job Troy Weaver is. What a job he's done. Troy Weaver masterclass. And I'm sitting here going, we still lose all of, like, we're the worst team every year. Is Troy Weaver that great? Like, okay, he picked Cade. Great. That's fantastic. He picked the guy at first overall. Everybody else would have. That's fantastic. We still lose. We're the worst team every single year. Is he that great? No, 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 but it's the rebuild. No, 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 no. It's going to take time. Well, wait, wait. Wait until they get Wembanyama. Wait until Cade comes along. Wait for Sadiq and Duran and all these guys. Okay, fair enough. In my eyes, the way, like if I'm just thinking, if you were giving me a thinking equation, a thinking exercise on how does sports work? How does the draft lottery work? How does one team go from being bad to being good? I would say, okay, well, they're bad. They're really bad. They get draft picks. The worse they are, the better that draft pick is. The better that draft pick is, theoretically, logically speaking, the better that player they get will be. In our case, we finally got a first overall. We turned that pick into Cade Cunningham. You would think when you get a guy, especially in a sport like the NBA, where the number one pick, if you find the right guy, can turn your franchise around more so and more quickly than any other sport. And it's not really close. Like you look at some of the first overall quarterbacks that have gone in the league. Yeah, there are some good players. Trevor Lawrence finally making the playoffs for the first time with Jacksonville, and they're not a good team. Let me just say that to you, Jacksonville. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence, he's in the playoffs. The wonder kid, that draft pick paid off. They're not a good team. Let me just tell you, they're in a dog water division. They're nine and eight. They won the division. The Lions smoked. The Lions smoked those guys. Trevor Lawrence just happens to be in a division with the Titans, the Colts, and the Texans. Who Name one quarterback, Malik Willis. Name one fucking quarterback amongst those three other teams. Tom Savage, bro, is he still the QB for Houston? I don't even know who the Colts. Brissett, is he the Colts? I have no Jake Fr- or uh, Sam Ellinger. I have no fucking clue the quarterbacks this guy has to compete with. He was a wonder boy. He was a first overall pick. He was a can't miss, a guy who's going to change your franchise around. And it took him this long, and they still barely snuck in, and they're going to get their teeth kicked in this weekend, plain and simple. Their hockey, it's not even close. Even McDavid, it's like he's the best player the NHL's had at least since Gretzky, he's probably better than Gretzky. Like the guy is straight up. The guy, the guy is so fucking good at hockey. It's straight up. Isn't even fair. Like the fact that he's on a team and, and he's got a guy like Leon Dreisaitl that plays with him. And the Edmonton Oilers have never even really come close to a Stanley cup appearance that he's so good that that doesn't make sense. It's fucking tough to go to the Stanley Cup Finals. It's really hard. And the Stanley Cup, the NHL, probably more than any other sports, 
kind of the opposite of the NBA more than any other sport. Good teams can just lose the bad teams. Like it's tough. No matter how good you are, no matter how bad that eight seed is, it's tough to win a best of seven in the NHL. It's like it. He's so fucking good. McDavid that it's almost an anomaly. Edmonton's never been there. And the NHL doesn't even come close to the level one guy can dominate a game. Baseball, it's not, you can't even, <clears throat> what, you hit three times a game? A game, if you're a pitcher, you pitch every five days. It's not even close in baseball. No sport allows one player to come in and dominate and change your franchise quite like the NBA. The Lions get Cade Cunningham, number one pick. Before that, it was Killian Hayes. After that, we get Jaden Ivey. How is it that in that three-year run where it's top 10 pick, top 10 pick, top 10 pick, top 10, and there's a number one snuck in there, there's a guy like Cade where everyone's touting him as, oh, yeah, he's the real deal, he'll be a good player. How is it that during that stretch, you are the worst team in the NBA all of those years? How does that make sense? Like, that's the thing where I sit here and I go, look, I get it right now for the Pistons. Look, we're the worst team in the NBA again. Of course, at this point for the Pistons, you may as well tank. You may as well try and get Scoot or Wembanyama or Trade or whatever it is. You may as well try and get the best draft pick. I agree. I understand. It is what it is. I'm just so out on the Pistons. Like I'm not. I don't want to make this a Pistons thing because who gives a fuck about those guys? But my point is, everybody wants to come in and go. No, no, it's good that they're losing. Like, trust me, we got Troy Weaver. It's good that they're losing. Troy Weaver, he's the man. He's a great GM. Masterclass. No, no, it's good. Let's keep losing. We want the Pistons to lose. I'm sitting here going, the Pistons have been losing since 2009, 2010. I don't really want the Pistons to lose anymore. No, 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 but it's good. Get more draft picks because Troy Weaver, he'll know what to do. He'll make some moves. He'll sign some guys. He'll make a couple trades. The dra- He's great in the draft. Okay, if he's that great, how are we still the worst team in the league every year? Like, we could get – the Pistons are at this point with me too. As great as Weaver is and all this, we could get Wembanyama this year, and I'd go into next season being like, are we going to just be the worst team again? We have the most generational guy since Kevin Durant. I don't even know what they call Wembanyama. The most – the highest-rated prospect since Michael Jordan, probably some crazy shit like that. He could join this Pistons team next year, and they'd still find a way to be the top, a top three worst team in the NBA. So spare me with the let's tank. Spare me with the we got a great GM. Give him draft picks. Spare me with that. Winning is better than losing. And let's bring it full circle back to the Red Wings. Winning is better than losing. So I'm happy that the Red Wings won tonight. I'm especially happy that they won against an original six team. And beyond that, the Toronto Maple Leafs specifically. I mean, that outside of Chicago, I don't think there's a team I find more satisfaction in beating then Toronto, maybe Tampa. I do love to beat Tampa just because they've kicked the fuck out of us for so long. But it's good to beat Toronto. It always is. Especially a team, Toronto, they're in a little bit of a different place. Like, it's win-now mode. They've got the superstars. They've made their moves. They're maxing out their salary cap. They're doing everything in their power to win a Stanley Cup. And even though it's a game on the road, they're coming to Detroit. And they've seen much worse Detroit hockey teams in the last few years. They're still coming into Detroit with the mindset of, We should beat these fucking guys. Let's go get two. So it's nice to kind of rain on their parade a little bit. That said, the Wings are in a tough spot right now because, right, we're sitting at 43 points. The first wild card spot in the East starts at 47. That would be the New York Islanders. Oh, no, no. Excuse me. That would be the Pittsburgh Penguins at 48. 
pardon. Um, yeah, they've won two in a row, Winnipeg and then Toronto. But before that, they lost like eight in a row or something crazy like that. I, I they just have so much work to do, you know. And I don't want to be the sad sack. For those of you that know me, I don't want to be the sad sack. You know, if you've been tuning in for weeks or months or a year or however long, if you've been here before, you've heard me talk about the Lions. You've heard me talk about the same old Lions people. I don't want to be a sad sack. I don't want to come on and after we beat the Maple Leafs, turn this thing negative and fucking, oh, yeah, well, that was that was fun, but who fucking cares? I don't want to do that, but it's like, I can't get fake excited. I was excited. There was a time in this season, early December, November, October, I was excited. I was really fucking, when we were sitting at the Thanksgiving break and we were in a playoff spot and I'm seeing all these stats fly around, like if you're in the playoffs by, at Thanksgiving, there's a real good chance you're going to make the playoffs at the end of the year. I was looking around going, fuck yeah, dude, let's make this the first year. Let's get into the playoffs. I don't have expectations. I don't plan on winning a series. Certainly don't feel like winning a Stanley Cup. But let's get into the playoffs. Let's up the stakes a little bit. Let's get Mo Sider, Lucas Raymond, a little bit of experience. See what it's like when all the chips are down. Let's get Hockey Town written across the wing wheel at center ice. Let's bring Al the Octopus down to the ice and have the guy skate out from underneath him. Let's start to build a little bit of culture at Little Caesars Arena. Let's bring a little bit of that magic we had at Joe Lewis Arena, the greatest indoor arena to watch a sporting event in the country when its doors were open. Let's bring a little of that magic to the new place. Let's get it started. We don't need to finish the whole thing now. We don't, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. It's not going to happen all at once. But let's begin the process. It has to start somewhere. And at things like this, getting playoff experience and getting your feet wet and seeing what it actually takes, not only to like win a playoff series, but to win the whole fucking thing. It's better to start on things like that sooner rather than later. So why not? I was all in. And then a couple losing streaks happen. And I said it time and time and time again, I would harp on this same shit last year. And last year's team wasn't like this year's team. Last year's team, it was never, let's make the playoffs. Last year's team, it was like, let's improve. Let's be fun to watch. Hopefully the young guys are good and we'll see, you know, wear the red sweaters and I'll be happy. I harped on it last year. You're going to lose games. You're going to lose a couple games. You're going to lose two in a row. You're going to lose three in a row. Fuck, you're probably going to lose four in a row. But what we cannot have happen is letting four turn into five, five turn into six, six turn into seven, and so forth. That's what we can't have. That is the shit that kills a season. And if we're being totally frank, you want to be a good team, you can't really afford to let two turn into three. And God, no, three can't turn into four. But that's what the Red Wings have done a couple times this year. And right now they're in the dog hound. Or the is that it? The dog hound? Why did I just say the dog hound? The dog house. They're fighting from behind. We've got a couple games in hand on a few of these teams. Toronto, Boston, and we're not going to catch either of them. Got a couple games in hand on the Capitals, who were four games in hand and uh, nine points behind in the wild card race. Islanders are ahead of us in the wild card race as well. We got three games on them. We've got some games in hand. We've got some time. And I'm aware we've been injured, right? Robbie Fabry just came back. 
Tyler Bertuzzi came back, got injured, just came back again. Dylan Larkin missed a couple. Um, I get it. It's just like now, now we're at the point with the Red Wings where if we're going to get rah-rah and like, let's fucking go, let's do this thing, let's go Red Wings, I'm going to dedicate a half hour of the show to talking about the Wings. And let's find out if these guys can fuck around and make a playoff spot. Let's talk about the Red Wings game last night. Let's talk about what Lucas Raymond's doing. Let's talk about Mo Sider. Let's talk about Dylan Larkin. If we're going to get there, we got to build a little bit. Two in a row is great. It's a great start. You have to start somewhere. But let's make it three, four, five. Let's get six in a row. Let's get within striking distance of a wild card spot. Because right now, five points back, same number of games played as Pittsburgh. That's not a great spot. I mean, you're hanging around. We're not totally out of it. But we've got to keep pace because here's the thing. Even if we won six or seven in a row, Pittsburgh's not dropping eight in a row. Pittsburgh's not letting you make up 10 points on them in a week. That's just not going to happen. Even if you rip off six or seven straight, they're probably going three and three in that stretch at their worst. We've got to start winning hockey games. It starts with keeping the puck out of the net, which has been the problem with this team all fucking season long. Even that game against Winnipeg, they scored seven goals, nearly blew it because they couldn't keep they couldn't keep the puck out. Every night the Red Wings lose, minus a little, a few, you know, at the I would say around Christmas time. Every time the Wings lose, it's because they're giving up boatloads of goals for the most part, right? And I don't know if you can say it's the goaltending. Obviously, we talked Billy Huso, the guy's unbelievable. When Ned's in there, people are starting to sour. Ned goes in, you give up some goals. It's not great. But look, Billy's been getting scored on lately too. It's tough when your defense hangs out to dry. And winning games when you give up four goals, I don't know if that's a great win. I don't know if that's a great win. They still put in four on you. Thank goodness you exploded for five or six, whatever it is. And you got two, but that's not a great win. You shouldn't go running around telling everybody, you know, hey, we won against Winnipeg 7-4. I know Winnipeg's a good team. I'm aware. But you gave up four goals. That's not sustainable. And everybody fucking knows when it comes playoff time, if you can't keep the puck out of your net, I don't care who you have, how many you score, what the talent level, you can't keep the puck out of your net, you're going to be in trouble around playoff time. That's a fucking fact. And that's this team's Achilles heel. They cannot keep the puck out of the net. So as long as that's the case, did a good job against tonight, tonight against Toronto, only gave up one. But as long as that's the case, and as long as they're trading games or you know there's losing streaks that pop up and they're not really ripping them off, it's going to be tough for me to get super, super excited. Yeah, I'm still going to watch them. Yeah, I'm hanging out Friday night, not doing shit. We're just throwing on the Red Wings. Don't fucking get that twisted. Yeah, if I have to miss a game, I'm going to watch the highlights. Yeah, I'm paying attention. What are the standings looking like? Who's playing well? Who's not? Yes, I'm still locked in. Now, I'm not as locked in as I was in October and November, admittedly. But I'm still locked in. We're still following along. I'm still holding out hope and paying attention. I'm just not leading the fucking parade down Woodward quite yet. Now, with all of that said, with the sourness out of the way, it's good to see Lucas Raymond started to come along recently. Um, I mentioned at the top that Robbie Fabry, the dude's been fucking on fire. I think he scored. Has he scored in every game he's played in? 
since he's come back. Robbie Fabry has been on fucking fire for the Red Wings. It's been fun to watch. And, you know, it's been fun to watch. It's a nice little storyline, but you got to feel great for a guy like Fabry. Three, I think, ACL tears, comes back again, and guy hits the ground running like he took no time off, just netting Geno's like it's nobody's business. You love to see that. Most cider. The last couple games has started to cook. I know he had a four-point or a uh, a four-assist night against Winnipeg. He had a goal tonight against Toronto, so you love to see that. Jake Wallman has been playing well. Him and Sider together, by the way, have been pretty dynamite. So there is positive. Dylan Larkin's been Dylan Larkin. He's been incredible. One of the better players in the league, I would argue, for the for the duration of the season. Got a little banged up for a few there not too long ago, but anytime he's on the ice, he gives you something, and it's noticeable when Dylan Larkin's in the lineup versus when he isn't for this team. So there are positive guys are playing well. Billy Huso, like we said, we just got to string some stuff together. We got to tighten it up in the back end. It's it's hockey, right? It's not the NBA. You can't rely on four guys to win. You got to be able to rely on at least eight, nine, ten. You got to be have some depth. You got to have multiple lines that can score. You got to have multiple defensive pairings that can keep the puck out. You got to have a second goalie that can make saves, plain and simple. This team's got to string some together. They've got two under their belts right now. We got Columbus at home Saturday, on the road against Colorado, and then at Phoenix, Arizona, whatever the fuck, the Coyotes on Tuesday. So there's some winnable games. Colorado going to be a tough one, but some winnable games. They're feeling good about themselves. Guys that they need to play well are starting to play well. They're getting Bertuzzi. Fabry dudes are coming back from injury. Jonathan Bergeron, by the way, he's been pretty lights out for a rookie. They're getting pieces back. They're adding some depth. Hopefully they're feeling better about themselves. We'll see. We'll see. That's where I'm at with the Red Wings. It's a wait and see period. Yeah, I'm cheering them on. Yeah, I'm going to watch that hockey game Saturday, but it's wait and see right now. No parades, not getting overly excited, not talking about the playoffs too much. Just let's see what happens. Let's play some hockey games. If we get even with Pittsburgh, then we can start locking back in. We can start talking about um, the playoffs because, hey, if you if that happens, 45, 50 games in, we're even with Pittsburgh. We're fighting for that second wild card spot. We're mano a mano. Now you're getting into the point where every fucking game matters. You need two every goddamn night. And that was my dream at the start of the year. That was my baseline for this team. Get me to March where every game matters. Get me to March where I want to find out on Tuesday night against the Ottawa Senators. Can we get to because we fucking need to if we want to make the playoffs. Just get me there. That's all I ask. All right. We'll take a quick break. We're going to do the Lions recap next week, season in review. Not going to talk, maybe a little Michigan State basketball today. And we'll talk the Jim Harbaugh, Ward Manual. Is he going pro? Is he not? The guy says he's going to every fucking year ever. But then he says, oh, I expect to be at Michigan. But then he says, who knows what the future holds? I don't, I don't get any of that. I don't understand the whole fucking Harbaugh thing. I don't know if it's Ward Manuel in the school. I don't know if it's Jim Harbaugh wanting the NFL that badly. I don't get any of it, so we'll dive into that. And then Michigan basketball, talking may stink. They stink up seven with, what was it, 45 seconds left? Up seven with 45 seconds left tonight against Iowa, and they lose the fucking game after losing to Michigan State? Yikes, dude. Juwan, you want to talk about third base? Not great in Ann Arbor. Quick break. Uh, 
a cheeseburger in Ann Arbor. There's trouble in cheeseburger Ann Arbor paradise. I don't understand. I really don't understand anything about the whole Jim Harbaugh saga. I don't get any fucking part of it. Not even one little fragment of it. I guess I do understand a few things. One, I understand that Michigan or why Michigan would want him back. I do. That makes perfect sense. Said two of the better years they've had in a long ass time in 2021, 2022. Um, Beaten Ohio State twice in a row now. College football playoff twice in a row now. It's starting to feel like, which I got to preface this. If you're a Michigan fan right now and you're listening, I got to come clean. You know what I'm saying? I'll tell on myself. I'm happy to do it. I'm a Michigan State guy, so yeah, I'm a little happy to see things falling apart. Yeah, I'd be pretty excited if Jim Harbaugh was gone and say, I don't know, Brady Hoke took over next year. Yeah, I'd, I'd be I'd be pretty happy about any of that happening. Anyways, it started to feel like Michigan's kind of gotten to a point where it's like, Michigan's always been good under Harbaugh. That eight and five year, that was beat. Um, the COVID year, also fucking beat. Other than two of those seasons, two out of eight, 75% of the seasons he's been there, they've been good. Yes, a lot of those seasons have been losses to Ohio State. Yes, a couple of those have losses to Michigan State. Sure, he's never won a bowl game. But all in all, looking at where Michigan was, Rich Rod, Brady Hoke, looking at where they were pre-Jim Harbaugh, post-Lloyd Carr, pretty fucking good. Jim Harbaugh's tenure there. So, yeah, I get it. And now, like I said, they've beaten Ohio State a couple times. He's got big-time players. Like, they're going to start sending guys to the NFL. They do send a lot of guys to the NFL. He wins games. The team is built in a sustainable way. Like, they dominate the offensive line. They dominate the defensive line. He's got a quarterback in J.J. McCarthy who, look, maybe J.J. didn't play the best in that TCU game. Well, I mean, he fucking – he didn't. He played – I had to pick sixes. He just can't do it. But maybe J.J. wasn't the best every single game this year. But you got a guy in J.J. McCarthy where, like, unless you get a Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, like, you don't get guys more talented than that. Like, J.J., he got his top-of-the-line guy. And it took him six or seven, however many top-tier, four-star, five-star quarterbacks to get there. But he finally got the guy. He's the can't-miss prospect. This kid's unbelievable. He's athletic. He's got the arm. Imagine what Jim Harbaugh will do with him. He's finally got that kid under the helm. He's going into his junior year. Like, it feels like Michigan's hitting the point where it's where Ohio State was all those years before they lost to Michigan last, where you just, you're on cruise control. It's not rebuild. It's reload. You've got the key players at the key positions, and you can just let this thing fucking rip. Like, you don't really need to think about this. It's a well-oiled machine, and it's running on its own. It's felt, it feels like Michigan is starting to hit that tipping point or at least coming off this last season, even though it was a loss to TCU and it was a disappointing loss, right? Just the way they lost that game. And, uh, you know, the fact that they lost to TCU at all, I'm sure most people, definitely Michigan fans, but I think most people, college football fans, I certainly didn't expect them to lose that game. So, yeah, a little bit disappointing, but you know what? It's college football. TCU's got good players too. Shit happens. It feels like Michigan is starting to hit that tipping point where you can just go on cruise control, and then this shit happens. Jim Harbaugh, he's taking interviews with the Broncos. Sources close to Jim Harbaugh say if he gets offered an NFL job, he will take it. Ward Manuel at a stalemate with Jim Harbaugh, refusing 
to open up the checkbook and give Jim Harbaugh the type of money he wants. Jim Harbaugh, a, a minor recruiting allegation against U of M. Jim Harbaugh may use this as a time to exit. Jim Harbaugh wants to get to Indianapolis. I don't like, it's just all these fucking rumors. And we've seen it time and time again. I really think, I don't even know. Maybe not after his first or second year, but since his second year or third year, every single offseason, there's countless reports talking about how Jim Harbaugh wants to make a jump to the NFL. How Jim Harbaugh is at the top of Indianapolis. It's always the fucking Colts. Jim Harbaugh is at the top of Indianapolis's wish list. Every year it's happened. And of course, he's been in Michigan the entire time. So yes, it's on one hand, and I'm sure there's some validity to it, or I wouldn't call people crazy for believing it to be this way. I mean, I think this is the camp that I'm still in like 51%, 49%. If you said gun to your head, do you think Jim Harbaugh will be in the NFL or at Michigan? I'm still in the camp where it's like, Hey, this shit happens every single year with him, And he's been at Michigan every single year. So until I physically see him on an NFL sideline, I'm going to assume he's going to coach Michigan. I'm in that camp at this point, January 12th, 10, 19 PM Pacific time. That's the camp that I'm in. He's going to be at Michigan. They've got the rumors. Yeah, the Broncos want him. Maybe the Raiders, maybe the Colts. I think he'll be at Michigan. Now, the difference is between the past years and this year is last year. They went to the playoff. They got steamrolled by Georgia. He wanted the Minnesota job bad. Jim Harbaugh wanted to go coach the Minnesota Vikings bad and the minnesota vikings said no thanks jim appreciate you coming out but no thanks jim harbaugh wanted that job <coughs> excuse me <coughs> now you could look back at last year obviously one year fewer of sustainability but you look back at last year and it's like hey they kind of did everything they wanted to do he beat ohio state he lost the msu of course he made the college football playoff and he played a team. We fucking saw what Georgia just did to TCU. He played a team like Georgia. They got their doors blown off. And it wouldn't surprise me if Harbaugh kind of looked around and went like, eh, I mean, this is kind of it, guys. Like, I think this is it. They had a loaded fucking team. He had the second overall pick on his team, who then went into the NFL and had a dominant rookie season and should win defensive rookie of the year in Aiden Hutchinson. I wouldn't be surprised if Jim Harbaugh looked around and was like, that might be fucking it. We beat Ohio State and then we got to play Georgia or Alabama. Like, oh, we, there's another level I got to get to. I thought if I beat Ohio State, it was all great. There's another level. So that made sense how he could have been like, fuck this. We did like, I did what I came here to do. We won the Big Ten. We beat Ohio State. I don't want to spend even more time and doing whatever it's going to take to get up to the level of Georgia. Let me just go back to the NFL. I don't need to recruit. Everybody's a professional. I'm going to get paid a little bit more. I get to live in minute. Like it's probably an easier gig being the NFL head coach. He's no, he knows he's had success there. He's proven Stanford and now Michigan. He can have success in college. He wants to go back and get that ring. Sure. Minnesota's got a good roster. They're in the playoffs. They won 12 or 13 games, whatever it is this year. He's looking at them going, they got a great fucking roster. I'll take these guys. We'll win a bunch of games. We'll win the North. Let's make a Super Bowl run in my first year. That makes sense. And then, of course, he didn't get the job. <clears throat> so then coming into this year, 
I can't remember which week it was. At some and I'm I'm 99% sure I'm right about this. If I'm wrong, I apologize, but I'm almost certain that this happened. At some point throughout the season, somebody asked Jim Harbaugh, "Hey Jim, what do you think, you know, after this season, what are you thinking? Thinking about staying at Michigan, maybe back to the NFL? What do you think, Jim?" I cannot remember. I swear it was after a game. He goes, I'll be enthusiastically coaching the Wolverines in 2023. That's great. They win a bunch of games. They beat Ohio State. They win the Big Ten. They go to the college football playoff. At that point, let's fast forward to the five minutes before the first report came out saying sources close to Jim Harbaugh say, if he gets an NFL offer, he'll take it. Let's go five minutes before that first report this year, a couple of weeks ago, maybe, maybe a week ago, two weeks ago. <clears throat> Why does Jim Harbaugh say that in the middle of the season? I will be enthusiastically coaching the Wolverines in 2023. And then a week after, or however many days after losing to TCU, sources closest to Harbaugh close to Harbaugh say he will take an NFL job if offered one. He wants to take an NFL job. That is where I don't understand what's happening. And there's a couple things you could look at like, hey, Jim Harbaugh, he just wants more money. At this point, if you're Jim Harbaugh, do you really need to do the NFL bait thing to go get more money? You know what I'm saying? Does he really need to be like, I'm going to go to Denver for Ward Manuel and the University of Michigan to give him more money. Like Tulane just had an unbelievable season. I think they may have finished in the top 10 in the final rankings. I don't know who the fuck Tulane's head coach is, but he probably wants more money right now. He's probably looking at taking a bigger job or going to the Tulane board of directors, whoever the hell you go to, and saying, pay me more. Look at what I just did. We're at Tulane, and I just made us a top 10 team. They beat USC. He's probably doing that, whoever Tulane's head coach is. I get it. If you're the Tulane head coach, you got to apply some heat. You got to make a move. I would assume, I don't know a ton about Tulane. I know their mascot's the Green Wave. I know they have cool jerseys, and I know they're based in New Orleans, which is fucking sweet. That's nuts. That's nuts that college kids live in New Orleans. That's nuts. Like a big university is in New Orleans? Fucking ridiculous. Never been there, but that's fucking ridiculous. That's all I know about Tulane. I would assume Tulane doesn't have the deepest coffers in the world when it comes to Division I football, and I know they don't have money like the University of Michigan. <clears throat> so if the Tulane head coach goes, hey, I'm thinking about making a jump, thinking about taking this job in the ACC, whatever it is, to apply a little gas and get himself paid, that makes sense. If you're Jim Harbaugh and you're at Michigan, they have infinity money. The University of Michigan, make no mistake, has an infinite, infinite, an infinite amount of money. They have unlimited, they print that shit like Kinko's. Jim Harbaugh has just delivered the two best seasons in Michigan football history since the late 90s. Okay? And not only that, but the previous years to him arriving were fucking dark. It's not like they went from good to great. They went from fucking bad to great. 
And he still has to do this ploy where it's like, I'm going to go to Denver. I'm going to take an interview with Indianapolis. He still has to do that in an attempt to get himself paid because that's the line of thinking. Like if you're a Michigan fan and I would be doing the same thing, I don't blame Michigan fans. I don't blame Michigan fans out there going, well, he's doing the NFL gig. He's taking the interview so he can pressure Ward Manuel and get himself paid. That may be the case for sure. There's a very good chance that that is. And I would be, you got to make yourself feel better somehow, right? I'd be saying the exact same thing. What I don't understand is why Jim Harbaugh needs to do that. Like, if you're Ward Manuel and you're Santa Ono and you're the University of Michigan, to even let Jim Harbaugh like toy around with the idea of going to the NFL is so fucking disrespectful to everybody associated with the University of Michigan. To even let Jim Harbaugh like go to sleep at night thinking about the colors orange and blue is such a slap in the face to the University of Michigan and its fans. It's fucking unbelievable. Now, here's the part that I don't understand. Here's where I, I you really, really lose me. On one hand, if you're a believer that Jim Harbaugh either A, wants to stay at Michigan, well, not even A or B, if you're a believer that Jim Harbaugh wants to stay at Michigan, but simply wants more money, because remember, after either that eight and five year or the COVID year, I can't remember which, he took that pay cut, and now James Franklin's paid more, Ryan Day's paid more, Mel Tucker gets paid more than him. Right now, there's he's making like four-something million a year, I believe, maybe five, but there are quite a few guys, head coaches, who have been less successful than him who get paid more. So if you, it would make sense, right? Jim Harbaugh, I mean, you're a head coach, you had success in the NFL, been good at Michigan, you were good at Stanford, you know, he's grown up around football, his name's in the media. I don't want to call Jim Harbaugh arrogant or cocky. I don't know shit about him. I obviously don't really like him. Um, that whole fucking tunnel thing just really left a sour taste in my mouth. I haven't really liked him since the day him and uh, Jim Schwartz got into it at <laughs> midfield in Detroit. But anyways, that's a story for another time. It would make sense if Jim Harbaugh had a little ego, right? Like he wa- he wants to get paid more than Mel Tucker. Well, Tucker just won five and seven. I wouldn't be surprised if Harbaugh was going, how the fuck does this guy make more than I do? That would make sense. So if you are of the belief that Jim Harbaugh wants to stay at Michigan and he simply wants more money, then what are we waiting for? You know what I mean? Like that, that's what I don't get. Because Jim Harbaugh should be able to walk into Ward Manuel's office the fucking moment that TCU game ended. Jim Harbaugh should have been able to walk into Ward Manuel's office and say, hey, I, uh, I want you to make me the highest paid coach in in the Big Ten. I want to coach at Michigan. I want to continue building what we've built. I want to stay with this group of guys. I think we can get over the hump next year. I do believe we can win a national championship. Look, you got guys getting paid more than me that simply don't deserve it. I want to be the highest paid coach in the Big Ten. Ward Manuel should have fucking signed the check with whatever he had nearest to him. That instant. Ward Manuel should have said, yes, sir, and signed. That's it. You don't need to talk to the board of directors. You don't need to counter offer. You don't need to negotiate. Yep. Oh, you want, all right. Sure. Whatever it takes, Jim. Fucking, we want you here, buddy. So, boop, 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 boop. That's my name. That's the dotted line. Here we go. Michigan has unlimited money. This is where the disconnect is. <clears throat> if it's truly Ward Manuel and Santa Ono and the university going, you want $9 million a year or $10 million a year, whatever the, whatever it might be. You want that much a year? How about we give you seven? If they're really doing that, 
after the last two seasons Jim Harbaugh has had, they should be removed from their positions immediately. And I don't want to tell Michigan fans how, how to feel. I made a video on this the other day, and I had some guy in the responses going, Michigan fans are pretty intelligent. You don't need to tell them how to feel. Fucking, okay, dude. Yeah, I, everybody knows that Michigan fans are intelligent. We get it. We relax. That's your whole thing is telling everybody how intelligent you are, even though you can't comprehend the simple fact that I'm just kind of talking about it to talk about it. We get it. You're smart. I'm not trying to tell Michigan fans, you should be fucking pissed. Feel how you want to feel. I don't give a shit how anybody feels about this. I'm just talking about it. I'm just giving my two cents on it because it's what I like to do. It's what we do here. That's it. It's fun for me. I don't know. It's enjoyable. <clears throat> if I was a Michigan fan, or let's say this happened at State, whatever, same deal. Mel Tucker wins back-to-back -back Big Ten championships. We beat Ohio State. We beat Michigan. We win the Big Ten twice. We go to the college football playoff twice. And Jim Harbaugh, Ryan Day, and James Franklin all made more money than him. <clears throat> and Mel Tucker went in. I don't even know who the fucking AD is. Any, oh, Alan Haller. He goes into Alan Haller's office and says, yo, Alan, I got to be made the highest paid coach in the uh, Big Ten or I'm jetting to the NFL or I'm jetting wherever. If Alan Haller didn't sign his name within fucking two seconds of Mel Tucker finishing his sentence, I would be pissed. If we're going through this whole drawn-out process where now Mel Tucker is going to interview for NFL jobs, and I'm reading reports about how Alan Haller doesn't want to give him the money. Alan Haller doesn't want to give him $9 million. He'll give him seven, but he doesn't want to give him nine. I'd be fucking pissed. Michigan State, Michigan, it's all the same. These are institutions that have a never-ending supply of money. And not to mention, when the University of Michigan is winning as many football games as they do, when that team is as good as it has been the last two, when Michigan was shit with Rich Rod and Brady Hoke, that football program was raking. That football pro make no mistake, they might have been bad. They might have lost a lot. Sure, they were selling tickets to the game with a bottle of Coke. Absolutely. They still fucking raked that football program. You bring them a college football playoff level team, a team that's beaten Ohio State, a team going to the college football playoff, they are making an ungodly amount of money year over year right now at the University of Michigan. An ungodly amount of it with the football program. And they're only going to make more next year. Don't tell me that we can give you nine, Jim, or we can give you seven, Jim, but we can't give you nine. That is so insulting to the fan base. It's fucking ludicrous. You don't need to be upset. If you don't want to be upset, fine. That's great. I'm happy for you. Don't be. But if I was a Michigan fan, I wouldn't be able to fucking live with what's going on. Because look at the hangup is happening somewhere. Either It's one of two situations in my mind. Either one, Jim Harbaugh, maybe one of three situations. I saw one report where it was like the Broncos are going to give them 20 mil a year. I don't know if that's true, but if that is true, then fair enough. That's an outrageous amount of money, fucking whatever. I don't think that's true just because that is so goddamn preposterous and they just kind of bit the bullet giving a guy like Russell Wilson a ton of money and thinking it was going to be a guaranteed success. That seems a little outlandish, but I guess if that's the case, an NFL team's going to give them 20 million a year or something just fucking crazy. Fine. Shit happens. But the two realistic options in my mind are these on one hand, Jim Harbaugh truly does want to go back to the NFL. 
Jim Harbaugh is upset he didn't get the Vikings job last year. Again, maybe he feels like he's done all he could at the college ranks, wins the Big Ten again, beats Ohio State again, loses in the college football playoff. On one hand, he truly does want to go back to the NFL. He's tired of recruiting. He's tired of doing all the college bullshit, meeting with the board of directors, meeting with the boosters, playing the NIL game. He wants to go back to the league on one hand. And in which case, Ward and Santa Ono and whoever can make their best offer. But at the end of the day, their hands are tied. Jim's going to do what Jim wants to do. That's a that's option number one. The other hand is Jim Harbaugh wants to stay at Michigan. And the holdup on his end would be, give me more money. Now, if you're Jim Harbaugh, it would make sense to believe that you've done enough to simply walk into the AD's office and tell him your list of demands and honestly expect them to be granted. So if that's the case, there would be no need for the Denver Broncos interview. There would be no need for sources close to Harbaugh telling him he'd love to go to Indianapolis. There'd be no need for any of that. Jim Harbaugh has reached a level and has achieved enough success with U of M and fucking made enough money. Don't forget about that. Sold enough tickets, sold enough hot dogs, gotten enough viewers on ESPN, all that shit. He's done enough of that to simply walk into Ward Manuel's office and say, I want nine mil a year. That's it. Make it happen. I'll be here next year. So if that's the case, then it must be the university holding it up, which is even I mean, that's really the only asinine situation. If Harbaugh wants to go to the league, then fuck it, dude. Guy wants to do what the guy wants to do. He spent eight years there or nine years, whatever it was, had a good run, won some big games, kind of got to the level that he always said they would when he got there. And now he wants to go back to the NFL. Fair, fine, fair enough, dude. He wants to do that. It would be asinine if he wanted to come back to Michigan and Ward Manuel and the university were the problem. And the craziest part is the most infuriating part of all of this again, if I was a fan, is the simple fact, like we've said, he's building off something U of M hasn't seen since 97, 98. This is a time to be leveling the playing field with the likes of Georgia, Alabama, whoever it is you might see in the playoff for the national championship on the recruiting trail. This is the time to be leveraging the last two years more than you could ever fucking imagine to bring the most elite talent to Ann Arbor to finally somehow get over that hump. And yet, here we are, just what the season ended four days ago, five days ago, here we are not talking about generational recruits coming to Ann Arbor, not talking about Michigan doing this or that to get to the next step, not talking about building on momentum in Ann Arbor, but we're talking about how Jim Harbaugh might go back to the NFL and there's a decent chance it's because the university doesn't want to pay him what he feels he's worth. That's disgusting. That's fucking gross. And to do it at a university like Michigan is so fucking insulting. I honestly can't even believe that it's a real scenario. I really can't. Because again, if you're at Tulane and it's like, fuck, man, I just don't know if it makes sense for us financially to pay you $9 million a year, then fine. That's how it works. You're at Tulane. That's the way the game goes. You're at the University of Michigan. Every single alum, maybe not every single one. I work with an alumni who's like, who played today? I'm like, dude, it's a Saturday in October. Michigan played. And he's like, oh, I don't pay attention. Crazy. I'm like, you went to Michigan? They play Michigan State this week. And he's like, oh, what game? I'm like, 
uh, fucking football. Crazy. Didn't even know those people existed. So outside of my one coworker, every single alumni from the University of Michigan who's ever attended loves football. You have so, I don't even know. I can't even begin to count how many boosters with deep pockets that love football, that want to give you money to win games. People care at Michigan. People are invested. You need to win games at Michigan or you will not have a job for long. And you have a guy who's done it and the dude in charge of the money won't open up the fucking checkbook. What a slap in the face, man. What a slap in the face. Because that's really the only logical reason there would be a hang-up, right? Because if Jim Harbaugh wants to go to the league, then what's the hang-up? The hang-up is waiting to see if he gets a job, I suppose. If Jim Harbaugh wants to go to the league, he's not giving press conferences talking about, I expect to be at Michigan, right? I really, I really, I really don't get it. And I... Ward Manuel, if that's it, Jim Harbaugh wants to be here, just want some more money. What are you fucking waiting for? It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And in the spirit of that, in the spirit of having great coaches and letting them go for whatever reason, the Michigan basketball team is. John Beeline, I don't know if the Pistons need him that badly. I know he left to go to Cleveland. That did not even come close to working out. And now I believe he's like a shooting coach for the Pistons. Look, we've been the worst team in the NBA the last three years. We, the Pistons, definitely don't need him, dude. Fucking, you can have him back. I If you don't go and get Jim Harbaugh to re-sign, you better give all of that Harbaugh money to Jim Beeline to come back. John Beeline. Sorry, I'm sorry, John. That's, that's disrespectful disrespectful of me you better give him every last dime to come back to michigan because what jawan howard and the program they're running right now yikes dude up four with 25 seconds left i think i said up seven with 45 earlier up four with 25 seconds left tonight against iowa and they botched the fucking game how is that possible They've lost two in a row. They lost to Michigan State a couple days ago after uh, Hunter Dickinson was running around hanging out with guys calling Tom Izzo Adolf Hitler. They've lost to a team like Central Michigan, who's uh, really fucking bad. They just don't even look good. Like, I feel like the games Michigan's won. Now, granted, I won't lie, I haven't watched a ton of Michigan. But from what I hear, from what I read, they don't even look really good if they win. Um, their best player, their best offensive player, Jed Howard, can't play a lick of defense. Hunter Dickinson, I don't think is great defensively either. And to be honest, is nothing fucking special offensively. At least he wasn't in that Michigan State game. And they blow the game tonight in overtime against Iowa. 14-5, to they got outscored in OT. Un-fucking-real. They're 9-7 right now, Michigan is. They're a team that's like fighting for their lives to make the tournament right now with Michigan. What happened? Because that first year Juwan was there, the first two, they looked pretty fucking good. They've recruited, at least I think, they've recruited pretty well. They were winning some games those first couple years. They beat State a couple times. They had Iggy Brasdikas. They had some big-time players come through there. What the fuck is going on with Michigan basketball? I mean, it's one thing to, like, 
lose some close games. Like the Big Ten's a gauntlet road game, no matter where it is. It's a tough, yeah, tough conference to win in. But dude, four points with 25 seconds left, and you blow that lead. And pre, it's not like it was all jolly and good coming into Iowa. They're already kind of playing with their backs against the wall. Like people have been out on this Michigan team all year long. They've already lost some bad games. They just lost to their arch rival in Michigan State. They it's they don't have room to like make mistakes and give away games. You're up four with 25 seconds left against Iowa. It's not like it was Purdue against Iowa and you fucking blow that game. That is. That is like inexcusable. That is inexcusable. Now, I don't know what Michigan's incoming recruiting class looks like. I don't know what changes Juwan Howard plans to make. I I got no idea. I don't know what the answers are. But all I know is what's going on this year for Michigan basketball is fucking bad. I know a lot of people don't show up to Chrysler. I know they're losing games. I know they're losing the teams like Central, who you should not lose to. It's fucking bad. I know the Big Ten's going to be pretty good again because it always is. I know a team like this blowing leads with 25 seconds, losing to Central. I know you're going to have a tough time in the Big Ten. They're going to have to fight for their lives to make the tournament the way it stands. And I know Michigan isn't Michigan State. It's not Duke. It's not Kansas. Like, they're not an extremely proud basketball school. Credit to John Beeline again. He kind of had brought them to the forefront of college basketball. But I know historically, right, like people aren't living and dying by Michigan basketball. But I would think after that success Beeline had, you miss the tournament. Maybe you miss it again. Like, improvements don't come pretty swiftly. Jawan Howard might be in some trouble at Michigan. Fucking crazy to see. All right, folks, that's all I got today. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. I appreciate you being here. Last day for any of the Lions designs I put out this year, thesecondstring.com. Check those out. Commemorate this season. Um, I'll see you guys next week. Love you.